1: Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week and I have been thinking hard about a lot of things in my life. So I'm going to get a little bit personal for just a moment and then I'm going to tell you a story that uh, is either going to make me sound like a complete fool or uh, maybe just make me f- seem relatable uh, because I know we've all... <laughs> <laughs> We've all made plenty of mistakes in our lives, but uh, <clears throat> first I want to say this. So this week has, this last two weeks, I guess, has been pretty amazing. Uh, you may, may already know that I just had my first grandbaby. You may also know that I've got another one coming in just a couple of weeks, right before Christmas. Um, so I'll have a, a girl and a boy, at least that's the uh, word on the street so far, I've just got the girl. Uh, and... Uh, I was just uh, yesterday, last night, introducing my two youngest children to their new niece and they immediately fell in love. And uh, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Then we went over to my daughter's place and we were able to feel uh, that little guy's head and his little heel uh, poking out of her belly uh, and uh, just more amazing, right? Awesome stuff in the St. Clair clan here. I get married in, uh, what is it now, seven weeks or something like that, and uh, to this incredible human being that uh, I I hope that I uh, live up to uh, everything that she hopes that I will be her as a husband. And now I get to figure out how to live up to everything I expect myself to be as a grandfather. And so, yeah, lots of things going on right now. And with all of that going on, I've been thinking a lot about where I sit in this life. And then this amazing friend of mine who's in this same space as I am, she's an educator on health and nutrition. She and her mother run a... uh, fantastic, uh, what would you call it? Um, a school, a school of natural healing, uh, basically where they teach people to become health coaches, practitioners, and that sort of thing. She is a phenomenal woman. I know her mother a little bit better than I know her, but I know them both, uh, a little bit. And what I have noticed when I read her posts, uh, as she's, uh, Her life seems to kind of mirror mine to some degree anyway, although we do it in different ways. I often see this amazing insight that she comes up with where I think, oh, wow, that applies to me. Well, that happened this morning. I was reading on Facebook and she posted something about um, connectivity and availability, essentially, like people want responses right now to everything. Uh, in this world where we all have a phone and we all have somebody that uh, we think is an expert on something um, on speed dial so to speak or multiple experts and uh, some of us (laughs) myself included I can't speak for her but I anticipate it might be similar uh, have uh, perhaps put themselves out there more than others in terms of yeah call me up anytime or text me anytime or Hit me up on IG anytime or whatever. Um, There was a time when that was not as big of a deal. I had a lot more time uh, and, frankly, I guess a lot less eyeballs on me uh, and a lot less ears listening to my podcast back then. But of late, as you may know, my podcast has exploded to some degree. And uh, it's been a whole new world. Now, I will say that odds are you're listening to this show right now And you've been nothing but respectful of my time because the vast majority of people are and don't expect me to be available at a moment's notice. But others do. Uh, And frankly, that's my bad. I I was not great at setting boundaries. I'm trying to reset said boundaries because I happen to uh, have a history of uh, oftentimes putting customers and clients and listeners ahead of family Uh, At least in the moment, uh, basically, whichever wheel was squeaking loudest kind of a thing. That also means sometimes I'd put family in front of customers if they were squeaking a little louder. But, yeah, balance has been a challenge. Truth is, I love what I do. I don't imagine that I would possibly find a better place uh, or a better way uh, to live my life in terms of a career path and uh, I feel like I chose it as much as it chose me or maybe it chose me even a little bit more being that I was essentially kind of handed it as a young child and so all of these things have been going through my mind I may in fact I've already invited this friend of mine to come on the podcast and talk about this thing because it doesn't just apply to us it applies to every single person out there and that is you know we're all being pulled 100 different directions um, in some way or another, maybe some more than others for sure. Uh, But that's not the topic for today. It's just a little more insight into all the things I've been thinking about. So today, I have a story to tell. I'm going to relate a story. It's a real story, a true story about me that uh, has transpired over the last um, two years, or sorry, three years almost now. And uh, I'm going to go into some detail on it. And I think you're going to laugh, maybe. Um, Hopefully, you shed at least one or two tears because I know I have. (laughs) You'll understand why that's funny here in a minute. Um, But bear with me because it's a story that has a real moral to it that I hope to convey to you in a pretty powerful way today. Of course, if you have questions about anything you hear on the show, you know who to call Vitality Nutrition, 801 292 6662. That's 801-292-6662. You can jump on vitalitynutrition.com and uh, ask questions and peruse what we have for you there as well. And before I get into that story, I want to remind you that just last week we launched our Immune23 campaign. The Immune23 thing is super unique it's different than anything we've done before go back and listen to last week's show on the immune 23 uh, collection and you'll understand what we're talking about but if you go to VitalityNutrition.com, we'll have a link in the show description to that collection and you get any four items or more uh, of your choosing to help prevent the gunk from hitting you this winter or to help knock it out if it does um, all of that stuff's available. And if you buy four or more items, you get 23% off of our already discounted prices in those products. So check that out. If you're interested in that, let's get on with the show. Here's the story. I think it's an interesting story. I hope you find it interesting. You might find it sad. You might also find it funny. It's probably a little bit of each, but regardless, here goes. I was dating this, uh, really cool uh chick okay we'll say (laughs) about three years ago i'd met her three years prior to that and we had become fast friends best friends really talked about pretty much anything and everything and um, i found myself in a position of helping her along uh, a path towards better mental and emotional vitality and you've heard of her her name's jen and now i'm engaged to marry her uh, but three years ago, we weren't talking much about marriage, uh, well, really at all, and uh, I don't think either one of us really thought it would ever happen. We were still closer to the friend zone than the um, you know, potentially getting engaged zone, okay? But uh, the story was, I'd been divorced for uh, a few years at that point. I had, uh, during that divorce, um, I ended up with uh, a need for a car. And, uh, I was, I wasn't interested in messing around with used cars that could potentially break down. I wanted reliability. I wanted to not have to stress about having a car available at all times so I could make sure that I was never, ever, ever, ever late to go see my children. So I leased a car from a buddy of mine who owned a Mazda dealership and it was a great little car. Um, but it wasn't exciting and it wasn't all that fun. And uh, when the lease was coming up, which was very early in 2021, you know, mid-pandemic and all that stuff, I decided to look for a different car. Life had stabilized a lot at that point. And uh, I don't know, maybe I was having a little bit of a midlife crisis. I was like, you know, 48 years old and uh, (laughs) I decided to look for something a little bit more exciting, okay. But I didn't want to spend seventy dollars or $80,000 either, so I started looking in the used market. And I found out that you can get really expensive, when they were new, cars that have depreciated really a lot in just a few years. And I stumbled across the vehicle, a 2014 BMW 750i. It was black. It was beautiful. It had this incredible, like, uh, I don't know what the color would be, like a camel-colored leather inside. had all kinds of amazing options I'd never had before, a little heads-up display, and an engine that put out 445 horsepower. And I was in love. This thing was had 94,000 miles on it. It was a 2014, and this was 2021, so, you know, seven years old. Yet I was, I, was, I was digging this vehicle, and I thought it was ridiculous, but it was only 20000 bucks. It was $20,000, and you know what? In the glove box, when I was test driving this vehicle, I found the original sticker, window sticker, and it was $110,000. Now, you may have a $110,000 car. I had never had a $110,000 car, and I certainly don't begrudge anybody that has one. Good for you. But this was like, what? This thing's depreciated (laughs) $90,000 in seven years. And yeah, 94,000 miles, but German engineering, right? Everything's going to be great. And I can get a warranty anyway. So I was talking myself into it, but I ran it by my son and I ran it by my gin. And I said, what do you think? Is this ridiculous? Am I just having a midlife crisis? And they said, no, it's a really good deal. It looks like a great car. Um, if that's what you want, you should get it. And that was good enough for me. That's all I needed. I just needed a little bit of backup. That's all I needed. And so I went in and I signed the papers and they sold me a warranty. And I thought, okay, so now I'm I'm out the door at like, I don't know, $23,000, $24,000 feeling pretty good about this purchase. I started driving that car and my goodness did I love that car it was front wheel or sorry all-wheel drive so it handled the weather in Utah just great it was winter time when I bought the car so I it wasn't impractical really um, all-wheel drive um, you know again had the warranty but it was fast and it was fun and when you stomped on that pedal you were up on the freeway in no time flat you wanted to pass somebody no problem this thing was sweet for almost a month yeah for almost a month it was sweet and then all of a sudden when you stomped on the gas not much happened it kind of sputtered and tried to get up on the freeway and eventually you could get up to speed but you couldn't go very well at all something was seriously wrong so I took it in to the dealer and I said hey what's going on here and they diagnosed and tried to diagnose and couldn't diagnose and they said look we don't have the equipment that BMW has to diagnose what this issue is, so we need to take it to the BMW dealer. That's a specialist in BMWs, okay? We're more of a general dealer, and we're going to send you over to the specialist in the BMWs, and uh, I'm I, sorry to say this, but that's not going to be covered, the diagnostics. You're going to have to pay that out of, out of pocket, but once they diagnose it, don't let them fix it. Bring it back to us, and we'll cover the repair, Okay. So I was frustrated, but I guess I understood, and I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I drove um, quite a ways to the dealer, and uh, they needed the car for several hours. So Jen accompanied me, and we went out and grabbed some lunch while we were waiting. And we went back and got the diagnostics, and um, they wanted to charge, I don't even remember what it was, $3,000 for the fix, I think. So I took it back to the other dealer and I said, hey, I need you guys to fix this. And within only about three weeks of having the car, they finally were able to figure out exactly how to fix it. And the good news was some of that was covered under the warranty. At this point, I was out, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, 350 bucks for the diagnostics and uh, something like 800 bucks for the repair, which was like an $1,800 repair. So I'd had the car for a month and a half or something like that, and I was already started starting to become quite upside down in it, and uh, yeah, it wasn't good, but no problem. I took it from the dealer, and I could stomp on the gas again, and it drove like a charm, and everything was amazing, and I had it going for another two or three weeks, and um I turned it on one day and the display little computer uh, where the stereo and the climate control and all that stuff was flashing like really strangely like it had a short in it or something like that. I couldn't figure out what was going on and uh, I did my own diagnostics on YouTube to try and figure out what was going on and I couldn't figure it out but it said that I should jump in the trunk and uh, or sorry that I should check the battery terminals and make sure they were fully connected. So I opened up the hood and I'm looking around and I'm like, there's no battery in here. And there wasn't. There was no battery in this car. And I was like, that is pretty cool. A batteryless automobile. I <laughs> never never heard of that before. So I jumped back on YouTube and I found out the battery's in the trunk. That made all kinds of sense, except it doesn't at all, but whatever. Batteries in the trunk. I open up the trunk and guess what I find? I find a tipped over bottle of well water because I go and get my bottles of water at the well, the local well, so that I can drink clean, pristine well water. It had tipped over and was half empty and there was water sloshing around in the trunk, in the battery compartment, and it had fried the electrical system. So now I had another problem. Um, This particular repair was... uh, not covered under warranty because, well, not their fault that I flooded the system. And uh, also, I'd had such a devil. I didn't give you all the details. I'd need three more shows. A devil of a time getting the stupid car fixed in the first place. That um, and, and I even gave you the in, inaccurate timeline because I think I'd gone back to the dealer at least four times before I finally was sent to the specialist, the BMW dealer. Regardless, at this point, we're close to six months of ownership uh, by the time all this was happening, now that I think back on it. And I was so frustrated that I parked the car. Well, I didn't have to park it. It parked. It was still parked. <laughs> it wouldn't move. In my garage and said, Jen, let's go buy something more practical. I'll get this fixed in the meantime. And uh, I can't be without a car. I'll get this fixed in the meantime. And uh, then we'll sell it. I'm done with this car. So that was the end of my love for this amazing BMW. And it I, I was so sad. I was so sad about the whole thing. But uh, it was okay. This time I was going to be practical. Midlife crisis over. I got a pickup truck, a Dodge Ram. Um, it's even a six-cylinder. It's not even a Hemi. It's not even a fun Dodge Ram, but it had a truck bed that could do what I really needed it to do, which is to transport camping equipment because I love to go camping with my kids, and to go back and forth from forth from my manufacturer picking up my Vitality brand of products, um, which I used to put in my hatchback Mazda that I had, and had been borrowing Jen's uh, little SUV to pick things up at that point. So. I already kind of had in the back of my mind that I needed a truck at some point anyway. So we went out and we got, our, got us a truck, and I uh, I got a warranty on that one too, just in case. I had my, my buddies at Paul's Automotive locally here, if you're in Utah listening to this. They're up in Syracuse, and the best repair guys in the world, in my opinion. I did not take my BMW to those guys because, well, they're not, they don't, they specialize. Well, they'll, they'll repair anything as far as I know, but... They're not like BMW specialists, and uh, also they didn't—they weren't on the list of you know dealers I could take my warranty to. So I had never taken it up to them, but I had them check out this Dodge, and they said it was great. So I uh, bought the Dodge, and the Dodge was great until I don't know three months after I bought it. Maybe every time I hit a bump, and I'm not talking potholes here. I'm talking manhole covers. I'm talking cracks in the road. Little tiny bumps that did any bit of jarring to the system, all hell would break loose. Buzzers and beeps. I'd have a check engine light here. I'd have a uh, check uh, traction control light here. I'd have a check transmission right here. There were about four different signals that could go off depending on, I don't know, what bump I hit or how hard I hit it or something. And so I took it into the dealer. And I said, Hey, I got this problem. They said, no problem. We'll fix it. And they did do a repair and it didn't do anything. So I could live with this. It was super annoying. Um, but I could live with it. And so I lived with it until the next oil change. I took it in the dealer said, you guys didn't fix this last time, fix it this time. Uh, whatever you did didn't work. And he said, well, um, okay, we'll try and figure out how to fix it. Um, but, uh, you know we diagnosed it the best we could last time we'll do our best so long story too long four of these visits they finally put a patch into the uh, computer system which of course was not covered under warranty and that cost me 180 dollars or whatever um and then i had another breakdown that was covered under warranty for about a thousand dollars but uh n- neither one of you know that didn't cover the amount i paid for the warranty in the first place and guess what i still had a truck that did this. And now it was going into what's called limp mode where it would hit a bump and um, my check engine light would go on and my truck wouldn't go full speed on the freeway. So I have to pull off the road and restart it not once, but four times to get that to go off. And then I could drive it some more. This is the truck I've been driving for the last two years. And it's been really frustrating, Um, but tolerable. And I've been really, really busy. And so I haven't, I haven't I don't even know what to do because I don't want to sell it to somebody and saddle them with a lemon. But the mechanics can't seem to fix it except that now my warranty was expired based on how many miles I'd put on my truck. And now they have a fix that they're sure will do the job. And it's only $2,700. Not covered at all. So that's my story of cars. And that story matters for a couple of reasons, okay? Um, I've decided... That after trying to fix both of these cars multiple times under warranty and then finding out that the fixes I need are not covered by warranty for whatever reason, I've wasted a tremendous amount of time. I've wasted a lot of money. I've endured a tremendous amount of frustration and I still have two vehicles that don't work that great. The BMW is still parked in my garage and I don't even notice, I don't even hardly think about it except when I go into my garage and I see that sexy little beast sitting there almost mocking me, and then I think, dang it, Jared, (laughs) you got to fix this thing and get it out of your life, or fix it, and maybe it'll work if you don't dump water in the battery again. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's got to get fixed. It's just sitting there collecting dust, and now with hyperinflation, it's worth more than it was when I paid for it, so that's good news, but regardless, that's the situation I find myself in right now. Now, this is a silly story about a silly man buying a silly car and a silly truck. It's not about my body. It's not about my health. But I've heard so many stories like this regarding someone's health journey. I went to the guy that was supposed to know how to fix it. He didn't know how to fix it, so he sent, it to, sent me to a specialist. And I had insurance, so that was good. And then when I went to the specialist, I had insurance, but it didn't cover all of the specialist. And it wouldn't cover this new experimental uh, medication they wanted to put me on, or, or at least it's not under my copay. And after I did that specialist, I went back and he said, my blood test results were fine, but, uh, you know, I didn't feel better. And, uh, I guess you could relate that to a check engine light would keep coming on. But the blood results looked good. The diagnostics were fine. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, but they were all covered under my insurance. And so after that specialist, I asked for a referral to another kind of specialist. And then I got a referral to another kind of specialist. And after the blood test, they decided to give me an MRI. And after the MRI, they decided that I should actually have this test and that test instead. And now I'm here at Vitality talking to you about other options. Now, what's the moral of this story? I've got my buddy at Paul's Automotive that I know fixes cars great, and I pay him out of pocket every single time. And he charges me a reasonable price, and I get the results that I want with minimal, if any, frustration. He's out of the way i have to drive up there i have to leave my car for three or four days usually because he's very busy so that means i got to get a ride and then i have to be without a car for a few days so that's frustrating not really his fault it just is what it is i gotta wait i gotta be a little more patient but once i get it back the car works i'll be taking both my beamer and my dodge ram to my buddy at paul's very very soon as soon as I figure out how I'm going to be without a car <laughs> for, for a bit of time, maybe I'll do the Beamer first and then the Dodge. Doesn't matter. My point is this. I bought warranties. I paid money for warranties, not a small amount of money for warranties. And those warranties just simply didn't solve the problems that I needed because the people that those warranties sent me to, you know, the people that were in the plan, they weren't able to help me. Does that sound familiar at all? Because if this wasn't a car and it was my body, what would I do? Well, I would hire someone who could actually fix my body. In my case, it's a little bit different because I usually just go to me first. And then when I need more help, I go to my buddy, Dr. Cameron, who maybe you've heard on Vitality Radio. And he hooks me up with some additional diagnostics that I didn't have, kind of like the BMW specialist who's not under warranty. I have to pay cash for it, but I get really good diagnostics. He's able to actually tell me what's going on. You know what I don't have? I had two warranties on two used cars. I don't have health insurance. Now I don't recommend that you don't have health insurance, but I'm self-employed and, uh, health insurance is really expensive for someone who never goes to a doctor that takes health insurance. At some point, very soon, I'll probably get some sort of a catastrophic plan in in case something really bad happens. Um, And uh, maybe I'm living a little bit on the edge uh, with that. But thankfully, my kids are covered under other plans. So, you know, I'm not. I have life insurance. (laughs) Does that count? life insurance makes a lot more sense to me because health insurance to a large degree seems a little bit like a scam. I don't know if you feel that way, but the people that are in my plan won't help me with the things that I want. And yeah, they'll give me a copay on a pharmaceutical, but I don't want that pharmaceutical. And that pharmaceutical is not going to fix my problem. It might cover up the symptom, maybe, but that's about as good as it's going to do. So what does health insurance insure anyway? You know what it insures, I think, to a very, very large degree? And I see it all the time. I see it in the faces of my customers at Vitality Nutrition when they pull out their HSA card and say, can I use this here? And I say, probably not. I don't sell enough pharmaceuticals here, as in like no pharmaceuticals, for most HSA plans to cover me. Seems like a, a racket, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it is but regardless i see it in their faces because i know that they can go and get a 10 or a 20 dollar copay to get their pharmaceutical and they might have to pay 50 dollars for a product at vitality nutrition and for whatever they're dealing with i might recommend two or three or four of those products so now they're out 150 200 bucks out of pocket the hope from my end and certainly from theirs is that that 2 or 300 bucks or 150 bucks or whatever it is solves their problem, takes care of the need that they have, and then they have less frustration, they've wasted less time, and guess what? They probably haven't had any kind of a side effect with it because more often than not, almost always, side effects aren't really a thing in the natural health world. Certainly not the way they are in the pharmaceutical world. And so, Here they are in the exact same position that I find myself in. They've got a warranty called health insurance, but that health insurance doesn't cover what they need to actually get better. They'll just keep going back with their warranty and keep getting patches put on their symptoms because, you know what, two of the four times I went to the Dodge dealer, my car stopped dinging with every bump. For a while until it started dinging again. Think about that for a minute. It's a really interesting conundrum because I had a warranty for my cars, they have a warranty for their health, and neither one of those warranties fixed anything. But they cost a lot of money. They're carrying around a little card in their pocket that says, I'm covered. But what are they covered for? In my book, in my brain, I realized I was in the exact same boat as these people with health insurance were in. I was a card-carrying warranty member, and I'd paid for that stupid warranty, so dang it, I was going to use it. And all I got was frustration, loss of time, loss of money, and no fix in sight. So, I go to the guy with my car who I know can fix it at Paul's Automotive. And when it's my health, I go to a couple of guys that I think can fix my issues. I go to my chiropractor, Wendy Kitterman. She's amazing. I go to my doc, Dr. Todd Cameron. He's amazing. And I go to my own knowledge base that I've developed over all the years of doing this for a living. And I utilize things mostly to fix myself. Now, I'm not going to spend the amount of time it takes to become an auto mechanic. I don't have the desire or interest. (laughs) And so I'll just pay out of pocket for those services. I'm also not going to become a naturopathic doctor or a chiropractor. So I'll pay out of pocket for those services. But when I do, I get results. There's something that I've referred to on this podcast called medical whack-a-mole. Medical whack-a-mole. Did you ever play that game? It was at carnivals and and, uh, it's at a place called Lagoon Amusement Park here in Utah where you have a big old mallet and you smack the head of a mole and they pop up and you have about 30 seconds to smack down as many of these mole heads as you can. And every time you smack one down, one or two more pop up. That is what happens with something called suppressive medicine. And that's what I want to talk about next. So I was in the store earlier this week and uh, talked to two different people uh, over the last, I think, three days. Um, And this would almost might sound like coincidence, except that it happens all the time. And it is interestingly frustrating for me. I I wouldn't consider myself to be, you know, the classical empath uh, that a lot of people, um, you know, believe that they are. And I don't, you know, quash that idea at all. I think there are people that are hyper empathetic out there, but I am an empathetic person and I do care about uh, the needs of the people who come to me uh, asking for help with their health. And so, as someone who, you know, genuinely cares, when I talk to people who are super frustrated about their health, um, it can be frustrating to me as well. Well, earlier this week, I had these two people come in. One was talking for themselves and one was speaking for their uh, spouse. And the first one was a, a just a really, really nice individual who'd never met me before, who bumped into a friend slash customer of mine at the gym, uh, who she does know and apparently trust. And she said, you should go see Jared. He can help you with this. Well, she'd been dealing with chronic insomnia for 20 years. And uh, for 20 years, she'd been on some combination of Ambien, a variety of different benzos, uh, antidepressants, uh, and also uh, even a couple of opiate uh, drugs for sleep. 20 years she'd been dealing with those things, and she was asking me if I thought there was any way that she could get there naturally without the need for that. We had quite a long conversation. I happened to be in the store alone, and she was the only customer. So we spent about 20 minutes talking about it. But when she left, I realized that that was just one of a thousand or 10,000, I don't even know how many stories, similar stories that I'd heard. And what was shocking to me, except not at all shocking, because I've also heard this a million times, was that I, when I asked her, what have you tried naturally for this thing, this insomnia, she said, oh, just melatonin. And I you know, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, why would you resort to benzos and SSRIs and opiates for sleep when there are natural options out there? And what, and I recognize what I always recognize. She didn't know that there were natural options that could help. And she trusted her doctor would have the best answers for her. Clearly the doctor was using what I call suppressive medicine, uh, basically forcing her system into, um, I don't know what you want to call it, a submission, I guess, uh, so that uh, she could sleep at night. But how do you sleep on benzos and how do you sleep on Ambien? How do you sleep on opiates? You don't sleep the way you're supposed to sleep. They are overriding the system, not working within the system and its natural capacity. And I told her that, uh, yeah, there are answers 100%. 20 years in, yes, there are still answers. Would it be harder, maybe a little more challenging to get there at 20 years in? Yeah, probably, but could she do it? Yes, I believe she can 100%. And that's what we're working towards. I'm not a doctor and I'm not her doctor for certain. I don't really want to be anybody's doctor. I would have gone to med school. Um, and so I can't tell her to get off of her drugs, but when she wants to get off of her drugs, what I tell her is go talk to your pharmacist or your doctor and tell them what you want to do. And I'm happy to work with you on the natural approach. Um, they'll help you with the weaning off of the thing. Okay. So that was the, that was that conversation. Then I think it was the next day, if I remember correctly, I had a woman come in and I know her, uh, I don't know, relatively well. She's a customer that comes in, uh, fairly regularly. And, and this one becomes a little more frustrating for me because she knows there are natural alternatives. There are things that can be done, but her husband diagnosed with, um, Crohn's disease is on Aptivio. I believe it was the drug, which is, uh, Horrifyingly dangerous drug, in my opinion. And she just said, Yeah, it's, you know, thankfully it's keeping the Crohn's at bay. And, uh, you know, I asked about diet, I asked about supplementation, I asked about other things because she was concerned that the Aptivio was causing a bunch of side effects. But the side effects weren't as bad as Crohn's. So it seemed in her mind that she was in a good spot compared to the spot that she was in before, rather, her husband was. And I recognized that. Same, kind of a lack of education, uh, a lack of maybe desire to get the deeper education because she didn't come into me to help with Crohn's. She came into me with to help with the side effects of the drug for Crohn's. To me, that sounds a little backwards, but, of course, we had the conversation. I talked to her about it. Um, I did not play doctor, uh, but I did um, explain to her, you know, what I thought was going on, essentially, and, uh, you know, gave her some things to look into, essentially, but that's two stories in three days. I get those stories all the time. They're over and over and over and over and over again. And they all come back to this suppressive medicine, suppressive medicine, suppressive medicine, this kind of medicine where no fixes are found, but only symptoms are sometimes resolved. And that led me to a a story in the Guardian, a British newspaper um, written by a guy named Asim Maholtra. Now, I don't know who this guy is, but he's Fantastic. I'm going to dig in. I already am uh, planning to subscribe to his Twitter account. I read two articles and I've spliced uh, some highlights from both of them together for you. Um, This is a British magazine, okay, so they're talking about UK stats, but they mirror the US stats. It's just the US is worse in every possible way when it comes to medicine. The US is worse than Britain um, in every way I can think of. Uh, And so, you know, take this with a little bit of a, a grain of salt because... And maybe that's the wrong term, but let's just put it this way. All the numbers I give you here will be worse <laughs> for people in America, okay? So he said he says, when former airline pilot Tony Royal came to see me last year to seek reassurance, oh, and he's a cardiologist, by the way, this Dr. Asim Malha- Malhotra, uh, to seek reassurance that it was okay to participate in an Ironman event, having stopped all of his medications 18 months after suffering a heart attack. I was initially a little alarmed. But after talking to him, I realized he had made an informed decision to stop the medication after suffering side effects and instead had opted for a diet and lifestyle approach to manage his heart disease. His case is a great example of how evidence-based medicine should be practiced. This is the integration of clinical expertise, the best available evidence, and most importantly, taking a patient's values into consideration. Oh, oh, how would that be in America? But our healthcare system has failed to keep this gold standard of clinical practice for the most important goal of improving patient health outcomes. Now, that right there is such an important thing right there. So important. Our healthcare system has failed to keep this gold standard of clinical practice, which is the most important goal of improving patient health outcomes. Not improving patient symptomology, outcomes trump symptomology relief. Okay, and he says the consequences have been devastating. Modern medicine through overprescription represents a major threat to public health. Peter Gotch, Gotcha, I think is how you say it. Gotch, yeah, uh, who's uh, from the Netherlands is the co-founder of the reputed Cochrane Collaboration. I love this guy, too. He's written some amazing things. And he estimates that prescribed medication is, at the very least, the third most common cause of death globally after heart disease and cancer. In an analysis published in the British Medical Journal, he estimated that every year, psychiatric drugs, including antidepressants and dementia drugs, are responsible for half a million deaths in those over 65 years old. In The UK. Imagine what that number is in a much, much larger country like the United States. In the UK, use of prescription drugs is at an all time high, with almost half of adult deaths, or sorry, almost half of adults on at least one drug and a quarter on at least three drugs. 25% of the adult population in Britain on at least three drugs. That's an increase of 47% in the past decade. Yet rather than address the root cause of these conditions through lifestyle changes, we prioritize drugs that give at best only a marginal chance of long-term benefit for individuals, most of whom will derive no health outcome improvement. I love the wording he uses here. We don't address the root cause, we prioritize drugs. This is the situation with this new customer of mine, and the insomnia. Drugs were prioritized over root cause questions that should have been considered. And they are almost always prioritized in doctor's offices across the world, but especially in this country. They are almost always prioritized over root cause issues such as lifestyle, diet, exercise, deficiencies, toxins, and so on. And most of these people will derive no health outcome improvement, only potential symptom relief. The reality is that lifestyle changes not only reduce the risk of future disease, their positive effects on quality of life happen within days to weeks. However, these patients unlucky enough to suffer side side effects, Uh, from prescribed medicines may find their quality of life will deteriorate in order to enjoy small, longer-term benefits from the medication. I love the way this man writes, okay? The reality is that lifestyle changes not only reduce the risk of future disease, their positive effects on quality of life happen very quickly. However, those patients unlucky enough to suffer side effects. Why would you be unlucky enough to suffer a side effect? Because if you don't Suffer the side effect, you're likely to stay on the medication long term. And if you stay on the medication long term, your quality of life will deteriorate in order to enjoy small, longer term benefits from said medication. Not coming from me, coming from a renowned cardiologist, okay? A few weeks ago, he said, four years after his heart attack and two years after coming off all medications and dramatically changing his diet, Tony completed his first Ironman at the age of 58 years old, revealing that it's never too late to improve fitness. But the most important message remains clear. You cannot drug people into being healthier. You cannot drug people into being healthier. And that is why I don't call it a healthcare system. I call it a sick care system. It's more of a healthcare scam in most cases, you know, kind of like those uh, long-term extended warranties I bought on my BMW and my Dodge Ram. Vitality Radio exists to educate on educate you on exactly what potholes to look for on your road to vitality. It exists to help build your knowledge base so that you can self care first, so that you can look at root cause first so that you can look at deficiency issues first or toxicity issues or lifestyle issues or even mental emotional issues first before you resort to pharmaceutical options. And so today I felt it was time, past time to talk about the healthcare warranties that we call health insurance in this company or this country. They have their place indeed, but just because we are paying for them doesn't mean that they will be able to fix the problem. And oftentimes, it is still cheaper to go out of network for real healthcare. I hope this has given you something to think about. Many of you probably have already had these conversations, thought about this a lot, but this is a real problem. There needs to be a paradigm shift in our healthcare system. I believe it is happening. Maybe not as rapidly as I'd like to see, but there are more and more people reaching out of network, so to speak, ignoring the health warranty that they pay money for every month or that is offered them through their job and going after real solutions of lifestyle, fitness, diet, supplementation, and detoxification that actually go after root cause rather than just short-term symptom relief. If you have questions about anything you heard on Vitality Radio today, call me, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Don't forget our Immune 23 special that we have going on through the end of this year. Immune 23 is the code you use at vitalitynutrition.com. You can go to the Immune23 section. There's a link right at the top of the page. There's also a link in the show description where you can get 23% off four items or more for your immune health this winter season. Check us out, vitalitynutrition.com, or come visit us. I'd love to meet you in person at Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, Utah. I hope you're having an incredible holiday season. I know I am. Thank you for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been
0: Vitality Radio. don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.